What happens when you spend your time focusing not on the things that you don't want, but on the things that you do want? What happens when you cultivate inside of you a overwhelming sense of well-being? Well, that's what this podcast is about, and that's what I call the self-kindness effect. It's not any one thing, but it is a life of practicing tools and skills that bring you back to an inner sense of well-being, an inner sense of connection, an inner sense of understanding how and where your joy, fulfillment, appreciation, approval, and love comes from. I invite you to come along with me. Let's go together and find out exactly what does it mean to live and experience the self-kindness effect. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's podcast. Really excited about a couple of fun things happening on this podcast. Uh, I, I'm doing a little bit of introduction here, um, but I am going to give it over to a talk that I recently gave. And so that is where the title of the podcast came today. Uh, but more importantly, I feel like that title has been playing out more and more in the coaching that I'm doing with my clients. Um, it just is so, and of course, the new, the new group that I'm um, running right now and curating called the Self Story Group. It is amazing how powerful these stories are. It is amazing how powerful of storytellers we are and how by beginning to really focus our attention, we can watch very quickly how things feel like they start to change. And it really is getting very basic with life being very user-friendly. We have this guidance system that is telling us if it feels good or better, go in that direction. If it feels worse or bad, stop for a moment. It makes me think of all of these different stories that are out there that point to this truth that point to whatever thought you are uh, ruminating in your mind, you will get information in your body by how you are feeling. And it really is like you are carrying a thought, especially if it's a, a thought that doesn't bring about a good feeling. It feels in a way like a weight or a burden. And just recently this week, somebody reached out to me on Instagram at um, at self-kindness with Pete um, on Instagram and they messaged me and they asked about uh, a, a podcast um, that you know a, a couple I took some podcasts down from the past uh, and archived them um, for whatever reason but this person was asking about a, a specific story and so just to keep it fresh and also it, it is a great story I wanted to tell it here today at the beginning of the podcast and it speaks to this idea that we every moment can choose to be putting focus on and continuing to carry a thought or we can continue to focus on not carrying that thought and focusing on other thoughts right and the story is i think it's came came down through the zen buddhist tradition but it's a story of two monks that are traveling in the country now picture this is a couple hundred years ago 
uh, and they're walking through uh, village to village on their way to another monastery. And it's a an older, more senior monk and a younger, more um, you know novice monk walking together. And they come to a spot in the road on the edge of a village where a woman is standing. And because of the clothes that she's wearing, she has stopped. Now she's stopped because there is this overflowing stream that has no bridge. And she is obviously trying to uh, figure out how she's going to get across without you know, damaging and ruining these beautiful clothes that she's wearing. And without missing a beat, the older monk walks over and picks up the woman and carries her across the the water and sets her down dry on the other edge. And she, you know, maybe bows and says thank you and then continues on into the village. And the younger monk, uh, you know, follows, wades across the water and follows them. And they continue on their way and they keep walking. A little while later, the younger monk is obviously agitated, and the senior monk stops and looks at the younger monk, and the younger monk says, Master, I don't understand. says, as monks, we are not allowed to pick up or touch women, and you picked up this woman and carried her across the stream. I don't understand. And the senior monk turns to the younger one and says, I put the woman down hours ago. Are you still carrying her? We do this so often with thoughts, stories, narratives in our own life. We continue to carry it. What is a thought that you are ready to set down? What is a story that you are ready to put down? Is it something that continues to, like for this young monk, does it continue to play on you and have kind of a, something that feels unsettled inside of you. You get to decide. We are really exploring in the self-story group this idea of that is it absolutely true that there is no gain without pain. That is it absolutely true that you have to experience discomfort like that's a prerequisite to success. Is that absolutely necessary? My personal take is, no, it's not, actually. That there is a new technology. There is a way, actually, it's an ancient technology. There is a way of being in this world that is more in alignment, more coherent with what I believe is our true nature. And our true nature is one of goodness, is one of kindness, is one of love. So here we go. Here's a talk that I hope stirs something in you, a knowing that is in you, deep in you. And in doing so, you will continue to connect to your ability to focus on the filters that are in your own mind that are allowing in the thoughts that either serve to focus your attention on good or are they serving to focus your attention on bad? You get to choose those filters. I hope you enjoy it. So I've entitled this talk, Tell Us About Where You're Going. You know, it's like, I remember being 
little. And sitting at my desk, maybe I wasn't that little, maybe I was early high school, sitting at my desk one night. We lived in the the country of Connecticut. There actually were woodsy areas, a lot of woods. And the area that we lived was an old farming community. We actually lived in one of the old farmhouses. It was it had been a dairy farm. So it was an old house surrounded by what felt like old traditions, old history. Right across the street was a cemetery that had gravestones in it that went all the way back to pre-revolutionary war. And I remember sitting in my room that night. There was a beautiful old uh, sugar maple tree that was right outside my window. And I had a love-hate relationship with this tree growing up. I loved it because it was so majestic and it was so beautiful and it provided, you know, incredible shade for family picnics and such beauty. It was just like, it was, you know, a cornerstone of the house and the property growing up. But I also feared it because at times when the wind would blow, it would scratch (laughs) on the roof and I would think it was almost alive wanting to come in. And so, my house, uh, uh, my room was on the second story of the house and it was on the corner of the house. And to me, I remember, I almost remember this orientation in my room. If I was facing one direction, I was facing back in towards the house, which felt like, you know, really where the light was. And at night behind me was just dark. It was really dark where we grew up in the woods in Connecticut. So I remember sitting at the desk this night and I was writing. I was doing homework. Probably, uh, you know, an assignment that had been signed a few weeks earlier and trying trying to rush through and finish it up. And that particular night, I don't remember exactly how it began, but... I remember writing my name. I was writing my name on the top of the paper, Pete Sibley. And maybe at the time I was still a Peter. <laughs> I kind of changed my name. Peter Sibley. I was writing it across the top of this, this page in my cursive handwriting. And as I was writing Peter Sibley, this almost other voice in my head was, started to ask, who is Peter Sibley? And it was enough of a separate feeling voice in my head that it gave me pause. And I looked down at my name, Peter Sibley. And I had the thought all of a sudden, who, what, who is Peter Sibley? What is Peter Sibley? And I looked at the name. Have you ever done this with a word? You say the word over and over and over again, and it starts to, you know, lose its meaning. I don't know if you remember the movie in the mid-90s, Tommy Boy, um, (laughs) or uh, the character Tommy Boy starts saying the word road, road, road. And, you know, if you ever say a word over and over and over again, 
somehow it like it loses its meaning. And I did that with my own name, Peter Sibley. P P Peter P. And it was as if all of a sudden it's like I am I a name? Am I these sounds of you know air pressure and you know vibration in my vocal cords? What is Peter Sibley? Who is Peter Sibley? Is it do I am I picking who I like what I tell about Peter Sibley? Or is it am I actually just you know telling facts about Peter Sibley? But those are stories, but who is? And for a moment there was this strange separation. And I actually remember it feeling that the darkness behind me in my room, in the corner of the room, was actually coming in behind me, coming in through the windows. Now, when I contemplate and remember that moment now, what felt almost scary in that experience, that existential experience, when I contemplate it now, it wasn't so much the fear of what was happening, but the fear of how big that sense was that was around me. And I've come to see, I've had this experience in other places and other times in my life that the bigness that I was afraid of was actually the bigness of the very thing that we all are. The very thing that animates who we are before it then becomes a story about one particular person on this planet called the Peter Sibley. It's the animating force. It is the energy. It is whatever the name is for you having a direct connection to that. For me, for lots of my life, I like to call that bigness unconditional love. And so telling this story, who are you telling yourself into, can become such a fascinating break in the story as you are telling it right now. So. I'm standing here in front of you, or at least that's what it feels like, right? It feels like we're having this common experience of me standing up here talking and saying these things to you. But what I love about having this type of conversation, of talking into this realm of being, this realm of becoming, is that each of us are having our own experience right now of what is going on. And it is being filtered through the perceptions that we have created. Yes, we have been the intentional creator of the perceptions and the filters that we take in the information around us. And that is the key of what I want to talk about with how we are telling ourselves into being, how we are telling this story. The filters that we have are essentially how rich 
or how frightening or how vibrant or how deadening the story is that we are telling. Our own filters do that. So what are your filters right now? And what are the filters that you would want to have about that? You know, sometimes I think of that experience when I was at the desk that evening and I wish I could go back and I wish I could say, hey, human that is witnessing this experience, this existential experience, this is it. This is the leading edge of your existence. This is the frontier of your ability to create right here. Answering this question, who is Pete Sibley? This is where it can be so exciting. And I wish I could go back and share with that version of me the incredible opportunities that we have every moment to be powerfully creating our lives just by the way we are telling the story. What I didn't know then was that had a portion of me that knew this already. And what I was actually learning in life, what I was adhering to more and more, which almost all of us do, is somebody else's way of telling the story. I wish I could go back and say, you know, your way of telling the story is the only thing that matters. Because what I have seen happen over my lifetime is that I have told the story, what I felt like was my story, but I have tried to push it through other people's filters and it's, it lands flat, right? It would be like somebody having a wonderful singing voice, but they only ever try to sing like Bob Dylan, Andy Travis, make their voice always sound like his, right? Instead of just letting it be theirs, right? What if Michael Jackson tried to make his voice sound like Bob Dylan's? Or what if, uh, you know, country singer Willie Nelson was trying to make his voice sound like Mariah Carey? You know, it just, it's like our voice is individual and we know that. That sounds like a great poster that you put on the wall, but are you really living that? Are you telling that story forward? So where are you getting your information for your story that you are telling forward? Is it yours? Is it fresh? Is it new? Is it inspiring? Does it light you up? And knowing that right here and right now. I think the reason why back in that time that I didn't stay connected to that massive energy that was right there, right there, with an invitation for me to move towards it. I didn't go there because of, of fear, because of stories that, you know, I had made connected to the people around me that I had learned even by the age of what, however old I was, 15, 16 years old, I had learned really, really, really well around uh, from the world around me about conditional love, conditional acceptance, conditional allowance. 
You know, you are, it's okay to do this if that. You know, we really, you know, we love you, but we really love you when... And I grew up in a home where I believe I was feeling love. I grew up in a family where I believe I was supported in who I, uh, you know, wanted to be in the world. And yet I did not understand and was not shown the true essence of what is going on here in life. And that is in this moment telling the narrative as it is my truth, as it is coming up through me in this very moment. Now, what I want to leave you with is this. What would happen if you are telling a story and you want it to be a beautiful story? You want it to be a great story. You want it to have, you know, movement of, of, of the character and you want it to, you know, witness the, the character growing and expanding. And, you know, you want to see where the character comes from and where they go to. What if you were telling a story like that? Now, here's where I want to challenge you. You are. It's your life. You tell the story every day about your life powerfully in this moment. It's an interactive story. And it goes like this. You know, I can't like, be as witty as that person on Facebook. Or, uh, you know, I wish that blah, 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 blah. But then notice how inside of you, there's part of you that's like, I don't really think that's going to happen. That's how we powerfully create again and again and again and again. So instead we can do is we can write your name down on a piece of paper and look at that name and tell a story about that name that elicits joy. Tell a story about that name that brings up excitement. And if you can't get to a story that brings you excitement about that name that's on the page, then that is where your work is. That is why I call this work self-kindness. Because until you can tell a story about the name on there, that is fluid, that is generous, that is beautiful, that is supportive, that is worthy, that is deserving. We can't tell that story about the world around us. And for me, I believe that is our purpose here on earth, to be able to tell the story around us as good, if not even better, for the name that we write on the paper. Because the name we write on the paper telling that story in that beautiful, expansive, worthy way, it requires filters, the same filters of how you see me, the same filters of how you see the world and what's possible, the same filters that are in you. So thank you. Thank you for telling your story. Thank you for telling it ahead. And thank you for listening. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me again on the Self 
kindness effect podcast if you are stirred by these stories if you are inspired by these notions well that is 100 the focus of all of my programs whether it's the one-on-one coaching or whether it's the group coaching or whether it's actually doing both together i have people that are doing both together and are getting such a rich uh, experience by doing that. You can go down to the show notes and click on the links down there. You can sign up for my newsletter. You can uh, set up a consultation call and we can talk about all these things. What would work best for you in your life right now? Is it the membership? Is it the group format? Or is it a one-on-one coaching format? Or maybe it's a combination of both. The other thing I want to say is I'm going to be um, at live at the Banff Film Festival here locally in Monterey, California, as one of the sponsors of the festival. And if you go there, you can actually enter the raffle and win a free uh, hour-long coaching session with me. And I love this idea of our life being the adventure of a lifetime, making your life the adventure of a lifetime. I hope that you are wanting to and excited to do that work in your life, to live in that space of thrill, joy, delight, belief of worthiness. So if you are around, come say hello to me at the film festival that happens, I think, the 24th of February. More live stuff coming up and reach out to me at any time you can message me i'm not too busy to get back to you oh and if you think of it or want to go down to the show notes uh or whatever you are listening to this podcast on and would you rate the show that really helps to get the word out we are building a beautiful audience of people who are really doing this amazing work of the self-kindness effect leading to an explored life of self-love of living unconditional love all right you got this love you and i will chat with you next week